Welcome. I'm Lori Lee Binstock, host of a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. An estimated 70% of adults in the United States have experienced a traumatic event at least once in their lives, and up to 20% of these people go on to develop post-traumatic stress disorder, or PTSD. That's according to the Sidron Institute, a nonprofit organization that helps people understand, recover, and treat post-traumatic stress disorder and other mental health disorders. I myself have lived with PTSD for more than 20 years, not even realizing it, just kind of assuming that something was wrong with me. Um, so today I actually brought on Jacqueline Weiss. She's an emotional code practitioner, a body code practitioner, T3 therapist, native herbalist, native holistic healer, and author of the Healing the Survivor. And you're also the host of a podcast called Healing the Survivor, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jacqueline. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I love being able to just share my story of how I healed from sexual abuse and molestation and be able to, you know, have that, um, empowerment to other survivors as well, because I feel like we don't talk about it enough. And so kudos to you of what you're doing, because it's amazing. We need that empowerment. So thank you for having me on. Well, thank you. You know, I have so many questions, you know, you're quite the Renaissance woman of mental health. You know, I, I do want to ask though, what is an emotional code in a body code practitioner? Cause that's something I've never yeah. really heard of. So what it is, is focus on releasing trapped emotions and trapped traumas from the body that have been suppressed during trauma or traumatic experiences and trauma um, that we have experienced in our lives. You know, we go through life, even like sexual abuse, for example, we don't want to uh, experience that anymore. So we push it aside. Mm -hmm. those emotions, that trauma, those memories, we push it to the side, but what ends up happening is our body ends up holding onto it saying, no, you need to release this. We didn't release it and it ends up manifesting mm -hmm. into PTSD, depression, anxiety, any physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, uh, blocks in our lives. And it ends up, you know, taking years for us to realize, oh my gosh, I have this trauma. So then we end up ex going to, you know, different um, therapies, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, when I was introduced to the emotion code, I had been going through my healing journey um, at about 16 years old. And I said, I don't want to keep reliving my experience. I want to find something where I could just let it go, release it and move on. And so then I was actually introduced to the emotion code where it's such a release. Um, and gives you relief instantly. You don't have to relive the experience. All you have to do is actually go in, acknowledge, okay, this is the age, this is the emotion associated to this, release it, and then it's completely gone from your life. And I'm currently working on a, my own modality and I'm calling it the trauma decoding, where mm. you go into that event, you release the emotions, you release the memories, um, you release uh the belief systems that you're creating, you release that story you're telling yourself, which is now manifesting in our lives. And so I'm working on that. I actually experienced it myself this weekend. And so I've been implementing it into my sessions with my clients and we're having massive results from it. So that's just a little bit about the emotion code. Um, if you have any questions, look up the emotion code by Dr. Bradley Nelson, um, or you can contact me too, just to find out more information, but it's an incredible modality um, that people aren't aware of uh, yet that can help heal from trauma. Is that similar to somatic experiencing? 
um, similar to it, but it's more of the subconscious release um, where you're using muscle testing. So kinesiology to help you find the uh, trapped emotions, traumas from the body. Interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, I went into treatment last year, um, Mm -hmm. February, like this time last year, I was in residential treatment for 31 days um, in Tucson. And I didn't even hear about somatic. I've never mm-hmm. heard about somatic experiencing, right? At, mm-hmm. uh, um, at this point in my life, you know, I kind of went into treatment thinking, oh, they're going to put me on different meds, you know, mm-hmm. all of these different things. Um, but then ev- they came at it with a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt like that was the most effective. I felt like somatic experiencing was incredibly effective for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, experience these, these traumatic experience really, you know, like you were saying, they, they mold how we kind of move and react to the Mm -hmm. world around us. You know, could you tell me about your own personal story with trauma um, that kind of set you on this path to healing? Mm -hmm. So, um, going back into molestation, I was about five, six years old when I went through that. What I'm learning is when we are introduced to something traumatic like that at such a young age, it ends up following us into our adult life. So at age 14, I was actually raped at a party. Um, I was roofied. It was my first party ever in my whole life. And so that took me down that trauma path of, you know, drinking, um, sexual, um, you know, that sexual harm that we do. Um, Just really going into the self-abuse, feeling unworthiness. Um, and then it happened several more times, um, when I was 15 and 16. And so in that moment, you know, I'm struggling with depression. I am suicidal. I, you know, basically it was like either I die or don't, I don't really care at this point, but there was this moment where I ended up having a dream. And I write about this in my book where I was like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore, but I had this like dream where these medicine women. So my background is being native American. I come from the Northwestern band of Shoshone nation. And so this was a really eye-opening experience, you know, dream where these women came to me and they basically just healed my body and were like, you're worth more than this. You have, um, something else to do. So you need to heal. And so I woke up from that dream and that's really when I had that pivotal moment of I'm going to find help. I'm going to do whatever it takes um, to heal from this so I can help other survivors do this because in native statistics, really it's like four out of five women are sexually abused. And so I wanted to be that person to change that um, generational line where not everyone has to keep going through it. So I wanted to heal. Um, so then I'm searching for different ways to heal. I go to my native traditions, doing ceremonies. I go to more of the westernized medicine of um, therapy. I did art therapy. That was when I was like, there's still something else holding me back. That's when I was introduced to the emotion code um, and found out about energetic cordings that we have with people who abuse us what we don't realize is because of that energy transmission from abuse we end up holding on to it and keeps us connected to that person when i was introduced to that i was like that makes sense why i feel like i can't get away from him even though i haven't seen him in forever you know i still felt connected so after releasing that i mean i released everything and it, it 
really moved me to like, I can heal from this. I'm doing this. And it set me on the journey of healing from my trauma from, you know, five years old to, you know, 16. Um, and ever since then, I mean, I, it's changed my life forever, which is now why I became an author to write about my story of how I healed because we don't ever have that blueprint, right? People mm-hmm. tell us to get over it. Right. You know, it's nothing. You're fine. You know, whatever, where it's like, okay, but but how, like, how do I do that? And so I wanted to show someone, even if it was to my 14 year old self, you know, going through it for the first time, we don't have the support. Um, what would I have needed to know that I could heal and move forward? And so I wrote the book of the eight steps to healing within and how to actually do that. So taking you from forgiving yourself, because we have self-blame to how to find freedom. And that's where I end is finding that freedom to move forward. Um, So my book is about that journey, how to do it. So it's kind of an outline of here's the steps I took instead of, you know, starting with freedom and then ending up, I need, oh, I need self-love and I forgot about that. So I really want people to go from the beginning where you should start and then to the end. Yeah. I I think that's what I love about your book is it's there's, I mean, I, you know, you have a wonderful story. We, that's woven through it. Um, Wonderful in that, you know, you can, you can, you can feel you, you know, healing and developing Mm -hmm. and growing. Um, But I love that there are practical steps, affirmations, all those things are in there. You know, it's, it is, I love that you have a blueprint from for mm-hmm. it. Um, so it's not just a memoir. It's not just a self-help book. It's all of, it's everything. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, you were telling me, okay, you were, you were molested at the age of five, six mm-hmm. or four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it and it, I, I believe I read that you were kind of just navigating life, just going through it. And then when, when the assault happened to you at the age of 14, it was mm-hmm. just like, your world kind of crumbled. Like, how did you get, was, was, when did that dream come? Did that, did you tell anybody? I'm sorry, I have so many questions. Um, but like, do you, did you, did you, did you kind of hold on to that shame or were you, were you able to tell people? Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell anyone until 15. I didn't say anything. Um, I didn't remember because what happens is we forget we suppress that so deep Mm -hmm. in ourselves. That's why when I work on people with inner child healing, it's really emotional because we haven't thought about it in forever. So I had completely forgotten that I was molested. Um, you know, I forgot, I, I shoved that away, you know, was trying to feel safe. So when it triggered and when I was 14, that's why I broke was because it was something that was compounded in me for forever. So when it happened again, it was kind of like, is this all I am is, you know, we go through that identity crisis in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't tell anyone um, until I was 15, because my family, you know, we are like, I don't want to put that on our family. We don't want, you know, go through that with them, you know, whatever, which I'm like, okay, we do that. But it's not, we need that connection. We need that. And if I would have, I feel like, if I would have reached out for help, I would have been on a whole different, you know, track, which, yeah. you know, we all have to do it on our own times. Um, but for me, it was like, I wish I would have reached out sooner 
than, you know, waiting until I was 15 when the second time happened to me. Um, so when we go through that, you know, we, we, we tend to go and isolate ourselves because we don't want to put our problems on people where we need you know, that support system. So go to like, I encourage anyone who's watching this, go reach out for help. I mean, we're here mm-hmm. to support you too. So you can message me on Instagram. You can probably message her, you know, we yeah. can reach out to you and help you. Um, but find that support system that is safe to you. Um, because when I was able to share that, I, my mom put me immediately into my community of women to support me because they've all gone through it themselves. And so there's so many resources, especially now, because everything's more remote online, um, yeah. where we have so much support out there and resources that you don't deserve to be alone. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think that's really, I think that's wonderful when you said something to your mother mm-hmm. and she was just like, okay, let's get the help you needed. Mm-hmm. You need, um, and I am so sorry all of that happened to you. You know, I feel like it, it, it's, it's a really tough thing to go through, but I'm just very inspired and encouraged mm-hmm. by what you've done with your trauma and really just thrived mm-hmm. and helped others, you know, I know that it's, it's a really tough thing to navigate, especially, you know, I, I, in my, you know, in my culture and my family, it was, mental health was very much, you know, in the nineties, it was very much a very um, taboo subject. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I knew early on, I didn't realize that, um, you know, I was, I was sexually abused by my father. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that, um, you know, I thought if I just pretended it didn't happen, because that's, that's what my mom would always say. Mm-hmm. Don't just don't think about things. She didn't. I know she never knew about what what had happened um, until just last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's I think when people tell you to just not think about it, I feel like that's just one of the worst things to yeah. say, because yeah. you're really like you were saying it happened to you it manifested in all these, mm-hmm. these behaviors. Um that, you know, for me, when, when they manifest in this hypersexual activity and all of this stuff and, and dabbling in drugs, I was like, something is very wrong with me. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm just screwed up. And I, you know, when you said all of those things about feeling like, you know, I, you were feeling suicidal, but you just didn't like, even though some days were good, you just didn't care about Mm -hmm. living. It was just, it was like, you know, it was like, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I, I love that you, when you talked about when you had that dream. So that dream that you, you said it came when? It was about when I was like, um, I would say about almost 16 or almost 16 years old. Yeah. Okay. So, so you- I had like two years of just depression, drinking a lot, you know, not caring about life. And it was kind of like that big, like, okay, it's time to let go of this. You don't need to stay here anymore. And that's when I had that dream that really pivoted me out of it, which I'm so grateful to have those things. Um, because, you know, if I didn't have that, I don't know where I would be, honestly. Um, so yeah, that dream saved my life. Wow. And from there, I, I guess that was where, where you started your quest to find ways to heal. Mm-hmm did you start with just talk therapy or did you, did you go like, how did you get to where you are with the the emotion code and the body code? 
I started with going to, um, we have a native ceremony. It's a sweat lodge. So it's where you just go in there and sweat it. You pray all day long, like for hours in there. And so for me, that was probably where I started was I had to connect back into myself. And for me, that's my spirituality Um, because, you know, we go through those things, which ends up feeling like we're not worthy of support. And for me, that support was, you know, the creator. And I felt like I didn't deserve that. So I separated and disconnected myself. So when I started to like, look, okay, what was something that I know will help me? And that's when I had to go back and connect one with myself Mm -hmm. uh, because I was still living in disassociation where, you know, I could separate myself very quickly from myself. So I don't have to feel if it wasn't that, or it was alcohol or, you know, self-harm in different ways. Um, but then I was like, okay, I have to connect with myself. I have to create or connect with creator, God, universe, whatever, um, you guys believe in or don't. Um, but that was what I had it to do. And so once I did that, that started to like, okay, now what? And so then I believe I went into, um, talk therapy and she would actually bring in art therapy with it. Um, but I was getting tired of just talking about it, you know, like we always do. And I end up lying Mm -hmm. and saying, I'm fine. I'm good when I wasn't. Um, and I know a lot of people who do that because they're like, I don't want to keep talking about it. I, I learned the coping mechanisms. I learned, okay, what to do if I'm having a panic attack, but no one's telling me how to let it go and how to move forward. So then that's when I was actually introduced to the emotion code. So I didn't have to keep coping with it. I found something that actually truly released it from myself. Mm -hmm. I was able to go and reprogram the memory itself where now when I think about it, um, and this is a part of NLP, so neuro-linguistic programming. um, Now, if I think about it, all I feel is like either neutral emotions or I feel just happy, which is strange, but like, I don't have that triggering, um, emotions with it, which causes you to have, um, and relive that experience. Right. It's those triggering moments Mm -hmm. that, that your body feels it's like, it's your nervous system. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I started here, um, reading your book, I was just like, yes to everything. Like this, this is, this all happened to me. You know, I learned Mm -hmm. all of these things I, I learned on my, journey through recovery. Um, I was fortunate enough, like I said, I was able to go to a treatment center that really focused on holistic healing. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead of kind of just numbing it for I feel like you kind of have to really be in in like a present kind of clear state of mind to kind Mm -hmm. of deal with all of that. And you know, and like you were talking about your Native American background, I what are, what are some of the things from your, uh, cause I felt like we, they, they did a lot. I don't know. We did like burning ceremonies and all mm. of that stuff, which I felt w- that was just so cathartic. And I feel like I, I have had several guests. There was one person who was an Iraqi veteran, combat veteran who mm. was dealing with PTSD and he traveled mm. across the country in search of ways to heal. Mm-hmm. And, um, he felt very in touch with, um, Native American tribes and, mm-hmm. and and their way of healing. Is there anything that you learned about your Native American background in regards to healing that you didn't realize was important to, to your culture? 
I think it was because I grew up as a urban, we call it urban native, uh, where I lived off the reservation in, you know, the city, um, was the importance of community. That was like a huge thing for me because I was used to not having it um, for so long that when I was back into my community, that support and that energy just feeds into you. Another thing was the importance of vibration. So for us, we use drums and our voices to have that higher frequency that feeds. And what I didn't know was because of that vibration, it releases the energy stored in your body. And so when I went to a powwow, so it's a native ceremony where we're drumming and singing and it's really for healing and um, empowering each other and connecting. Um, I went to one of the ceremonies and I, I just started crying because I could just feel the release from my body. Um, and you know, we don't really talk about vibration and how uh, different frequencies affect us. I mean, if we're stuck in a low frequency, I mean, that's where we live in depression and suicidal thoughts. And we're staying in that trauma where if we raise ourselves to a higher frequency, and I talk about this in my book, um, how to do it and the steps and what to do and listen to. But when we go to that other frequency, all trauma, all negative things can't exist in it. And so when I was there, it was just felt like something was just shedding from my body. And it was so intense. And my mom looks at me, she's like, do we need to leave? I'm like, no, leave me alone. I need to stay here. <laughs> um, I need to feel this. And so it was just the simplest things to me. Um, I never lost my culture, but I did um, reject it in a way because I didn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going back to the roots of, healing from herbs. So I know how to heal from those herbs, how to talk to them to release even anxiety, um, which we don't talk about. Um, And then just different ceremonies that I was a part of, just healing journey, things that I needed to go through. It really connected back to my roots, which I'm like now um, really empowered by those things. Wow. Can you actually tell me about um, the the your native herbalist Mm -hmm. title and and kind of what you do yeah so i know about all the herbs that help with depression anxiety um even physical elements in our body that you know are like cancer i know all these different things so what happens is when we use pharmaceutical medicine and this is just the statistics about it they use properties from those plants but then they put in the addictive properties, which make us want to keep using it. Where what I've learned is with the plant itself. So if you go and use, let's just say you have anxiety, you can use St. John's wort. Um, and what that does, it doesn't create that crash. It actually is all in a circular way where, you know, it just goes like this. And uh, because of the chemical reactions where it actually heals you through it and it takes you out. So it doesn't give you that what happened, that shock, which is makes you go and take another medication, right? Um, So with those herbs, they actually heal you through it and help you so you don't crash. And it takes you through that well-roundedness of healing. Um, So with that, I started using um, St. Johnsworth, I mean, lavender, uh, different just um, things that I actually would go out and gather myself 
bring it back, connect with that um, plant, learn about it, and then I would go and implement it into um, how it can help other people as well as myself. Um, so that's why I love herbs itself in its natural form, because it doesn't create that dependency. Um, mm-hmm. And and it helps you really actually heal and release the things that it needs to do where I can go to lavender and say, Hey, I have anxiety, help me with my anxiety. And then it just releases where if I were to go my medication, I could say, I I need you to work, but then it has all those other chemicals that we don't really know how our body's going to respond. So it doesn't give you the same benefits, but I'm not against it. If you need to put the fire out, use it. Um, But for me, I turn to more of the herbs um, to help me heal myself. Yeah. I, I myself have, I, you know, I was on what I, you know, I, they thought I was bipolar for like 10 years. So I was Mm -hmm. on really hard medication like lithium and trileptal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when they realized it was PTSD to kind of put out the fire, they gave me the Zoloft and that was helping, but then my hair started falling out. So Mm -hmm. I had, was dealing with all these other side effects. And then they put me on this other medication, which was Pristique. And um, if I didn't take it at the same time each day, if I was just like Mm. a few hours off, I would go through withdrawal symptoms and nausea and vomiting. And I wanted to get off of it. Um, And I somehow met someone who was, um, who, who was working on psychedelic therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually did an MDMA, um, you know, MDMA Mm -hmm. drug assisted therapy. And that was actually, that actually helped me. It was like a long six hour period, but I felt like I was kind of, I was able to just kind of really go into myself Mm -hmm. and realize all of these things in a more compassionate, more empathetic Mm -hmm. way. Um, And then I didn't feel like I needed to be on my medication anymore. Yeah. And I felt like that was, I know, I know obviously MDMA is not like a natural substance, but I felt like it was, it was something that helped me kind of just like a, it was a long, I guess it helped put out the fire um, just like the Zoloft did, but it actually helped me kind of go in and like find those little sparks that were, you know, Mm -hmm. they're ready to, um, that could have easily like caught on fire and really set me off but yeah um yeah so I and I I know and I've spoken to uh someone who who talks about psilocybin mm-hmm. um and how and how they use that for healing um I am I'm interested I I, I do want you to talk is it is it possible for you to talk briefly about you know your the eight-step process mm-hmm. um that you talk about in your book yeah So the first step, so when I was going through writing my book, I was like, what did I end with? I wanted to go with the opposite because I know I wasn't doing it correctly. So the end was forgiving myself, right? For me and my own trauma, like I didn't, I don't know why I just didn't blame that person. It was reflected onto myself Mm -hmm. and it was easier to blame me for it because one, the like society tells me it's my fault. So I was like, okay, it's, it's me. It wasn't them. It was my fault. And and so I went into the self-blame and I never really healed that. 
And, and what I love about my book is I actually am healing with you. So when I would write about a topic, I'm like, oh no, I didn't really fully work on that myself. So I like, the whole thing is like, I healed with this book, mm -hmm. even writing it. Um, so I'm, it's kind of like that idea of like, I'm holding your hand through the journey too, because I'm going through it with you. Right. So I start with the forgiveness piece. So um, we blame ourselves. So you need that self-love to even begin your journey. Um, because even when you go into the next steps, um, so connecting with yourself, um, connecting with, uh, the creator universe, um, going into raising your vibration, that whole foundation is love. And so without that forgiveness piece, we can't fully accept the healing process. And that's what I learned when I was doing it myself was we have to have that unconditional love for us to even feel worthy enough mm -hmm. to heal. Um, so in my book, I take you through that process of, okay, here's even journal things you need to write on. Here's a, um, uh, affirmations you need to do. Here's a meditation to go listen to. Um, I take you through that um, step. And so if anyone hasn't seen the cover, it's dedicated to the missing indigenous women. Um, there's over, a uh, 5,000 plus women missing currently, um, in the United States and in Canada, um, because of our police systems, not being able to merge because we're technically a third world country within the United States because mm -hmm. we're on reservations. So it's easy for women to just go missing because the police systems aren't able to do it, anything about it. If it's off uh, the uh, reservation or if it's on the reservation, there's no jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. um, so we have over you know 5,000 women currently missing in the world. And so this is dedicated to them. Um, oh. But in my book, you know, you go through your forgiveness, you go through your connection, then what's left is, okay, I need to heal. So I take you through actually how to release the cordings that we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I take you through on how to release the trapped emotions and the memories. And I do it in a way where it's not traumatic. So this is something you can do by yourself, or of course you can release or reach out to an emotion or body code practitioner, and they can help you through that process. I can help as well um, because I'm certified. Um, but then I take you how to do it by yourself. Then we go into, um, I call it your finding freedom space. So you go into even like, what do I want my life to look like after this? Because that was something I personally needed was, okay, if I'm going to survive this, then what am I looking forward to? And so I even talk about, like, I had this moment um, where I felt, okay, if I'm going to survive this, the reason why is so I can share how I did it and heal and help someone else. So that became my reason of why, why am I, why do I keep going? And so I want people to find their why and how to do that outside. So when, when it gets hard, because it's not an easy journey, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's hard. I, I mean, I still have harder days, um, but I'm still able to heal and keep going from it. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm working on my new modality, um, for trauma specifically related to sexual and domestic violence. Um, but we, we need that pivotal moment of why am I continuing to keep going? And so then I go into, okay, here's how, here's what you're going to do. Here's your goals. Um, here's, you know, your freedom piece because that's going to keep you going. Um, and then going into hope 
for others, because I do believe if we are surviving, we need to help others who are at the beginning stage mm-hmm. so we can keep pulling them because no one should be left behind. We all need to come together and heal, um, which I'm excited to share, you know, my new podcast that I'm coming out with really helping survivors. What, is, what did they do? So I would love to have you on, of course, but sure. what did they do to get out of it? Because no one's talking about it. And what are the signs? What are the symptoms and how to heal from it? So that's basically what I created in my book was that journey of self-healing to stepping into your full potential. Wow. That's really amazing. What do you think is the most important part of healing? Self-love. Yeah. Because I still even struggle with it myself. And um, with self-love, we we allow ourselves to love other people, but when we don't love ourselves, it's a reflection of what we get to receive because we put that wall up. Um, In the emotion code, we talk about it, it's called the heart wall. So it's that defense barrier we put up so we don't get hurt again, Mm -hmm. but it's not serving us. It's actually causing us to disconnect and feel sad and lonely and depressed because we aren't able to receive the positive, even when someone's giving you love in front of you, sometimes you might feel numb to it. And so by releasing that heart wall, then you start to feel again. And that's when you actually need to connect back in with you, feed yourself love, because if you're not receiving it from yourself, how are you going to receive it from other people? Um, So for me, self-love is a huge piece um, I think it's, it's like the foundation of who we are and how we are going to be able to overcome the obstacles that we face. Um, so yeah, self-love is definitely the biggest piece of the healing journey. I couldn't agree more. It's obviously something I'm, it's something that I work on every single, mm-hmm. I try to work on every single day. I feel like I'm more critical of myself than, you know, I, I, it's, it, it's a, it's a hard one, but it mm-hmm. is the most, i I agree with you. I think it is the most important. Um, there, there's this one quote, um, the way you love yourself is the way you teach others to love you. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was Ruby Cower. Um, mm-hmm. It just, I, when I read that, I was like, yes, that that's exactly what it yeah. is. And I, I feel like if we focus on loving ourselves more than love, would just be easily available and accessible for everyone. So yeah. is there anything else you would like to add? I would add everyone who's watching, you are so much more than what you're allowing yourself to be. And that was probably the biggest thing that I've recently heard from one of my mentors was we limit ourselves to what we're meant to become. And even when we're healing, we are still worthy of more. And sometimes we get stuck in that thought of like, I'm not, but I want you to know, I believe in you that you are worthy of more and that you just, you just have to allow yourself to hold on to those words. And even if it means replaying that sentence every single day, do it, but hold on to that and allow that to be the reason why you're going to move and you're going to heal. Um, it is, it is a hard journey, but it feels so good at the end of it. And so if you can just even read my book and just do the simple things that I've written in there, I mean, you've already transformed, um, but always, always, always reach out for help. Um, like I said, 
DM me on Instagram or Facebook um, at Jacqueline Weiss. I am there to support you. I have a support group called Healing the Survivors on Facebook, um, where it's a safe space where women are coming for healing. It's only open for women at this moment. Um, I'm looking for a male to create the male side um, because I do know a lot of men who have been sexually abused and raped. So we're trying to create that space so everyone can have the healing that they need. Um, so reach out for help. There's so many um, resources out there, especially now since COVID is huge. Um, I know there's a Facebook group um, for just trauma alone, or even if you're coming in to try to support someone who's been healing, there are support groups everywhere. All you just need, honestly, is to Google it and it's there for you. So use the resources that you have because they're more available than ever. So thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And thank you for just coming on a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. That was Jacqueline Weiss, Trauma Survivor Thriver and author of Healing the Survivor. For more information about Jacqueline and her show, please visit a tstpodcast.com. That's the letter A, tstpodcast.com. You can also find my social media platforms on my website. And don't forget to subscribe to my monthly magazine, Authentic Insider. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Take care.